Hello everyone, this is Donovan LaCroixy. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Hip Hop, Let's Talk R&B, and Let's Talk What's Going On in the Community. And returning with me over the phone, I've got recording artist, I Am Rebel Will. What's up, I Am Rebel Will? <laughs> Nothing much. How you doing, Donovan? <laughs> I'm doing good. We're getting to know you again. You were on the show. I think you were on my third show. So you are a friend in my head already. And you're a friend in real life because you reached out saying, I want to come back to promote my new single. But now that you're on the show, do you want to explain who you are? Because there are new listeners probably asking, what's going on here? Of course. Um, so, hello and bonjour. Um, my name is Anthony. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my real name. Yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Anthony, but um, they call me I'm Rebel Will. And I'm originally from Montreal, uh, but right now I'm based in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you like, how do you like Toronto, Canada now? Toronto is definitely a different place. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, the music scene, you know, we're coming up because we got your drinks, exactly. we got your weekends, we got your Melanie Fiunas, we got all of yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, like, you know, I'm not going to hate on the city, <laughs> definitely not, but, um, it, you know, when you're, when you're at a different place, it's never home, so... That's that's the only thing I miss. I miss home. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Do you want to tell us how you got into music in case people want to know well, how did you get on the scene? Yeah, um, honestly, I've always been a lover of music. I've been a lover of entertainment for the longest time, too. Um, my biggest inspiration about doing music right now is actually my father. Um, so my father passed away when I was really young, and... Um, he was a big music lover and big music enthusiast, and this is kind of like how I stay connected and so connected to him and his memory. So that's why I do music, mm. first and foremost. And then after that, also, I do music just to, to hopefully inspire people to just be authentically themselves. And that's really the message going forward, I feel, especially because in my journey, like from then to now, has really just been finding my and finding what I want to talk about, who I want to represent, because at the end of the day, you're the person in the forefront. And as much as people can be guiding you this way or that way, like you have to be comfortable with what you're putting out there and what you want to present to the world. And yeah, that's where I'm at. And that's where this new, uh, like this new project is coming out in spring of 2021. And the single's all reflective of that change. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for the world to finally see it. And you are so comfortable with yourself. You and I have had a few conversations. By the way, your viral performance was, I would have even gave it a 10 out of 10, man. You had the moves. Thank you. You were comfortable with yourself. Everything was on point. Like, did you even practice for any of the dance moves, too, that you did at the summer concert in Mississauga that you want to talk to our listeners about? Yeah, um, for me, practice is so important. Like, I think people almost take that part for granted. Like, for me, my whole, my whole just exercise routine regimen to just be in shape is so, it's like very, very important to me and very part of my everyday life and my lifestyle. Like, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning jogging four times a week. Um, when I go to rehearsal, we rehearse for at least like, for a performance like that, we had at least a good 30 hours of practice before putting on a show like that, which is a 15-minute set. When in the summer, when I was doing 45 minutes an hour, like we 
really got to think for at least four or five months prior to even going on and performing and doing that little uh, doing a tour like that. So practice, 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 practice for me is everything. At the end of the day, if people are going to be investing to come see you, you want to make sure they're getting every dollar's worth. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like that's just that's just our mentality. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think you'll be comfortable when, let's say, the COVID nineteen pandemic is over and we do go back to big shows? Do you think you will be very comfortable doing a big show again? Oh, I'm I'm preparing for it already. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm over. I'm. I need this COVID to be this COVID ish to be done. Like you know what I mean? Like I can't I can't wait. Um, right now, like unfortunately, because of COVID this year, um, it, all those plans to tour to go across Canada and to go across the, U, the United Kingdom um, went to, to to ish right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But next, but next year, I'm I want to go guns a blazing, hitting the floor running type of stuff. You know what I mean? So. I'm already, I'm already talking with my musical director in terms of like how we're going to create the sound for this for this upcoming upcoming tour and like you know with the different songs and different styles and different vibes on stage. Like that's so important to me. But so like as as I call it, I call it my homecoming, like the Beyonce homecoming. Like I'm in that zone right now. Like. <laughs> Ah, oh, don't be, be careful. Don't don't come oh, up against the queen. You know, again, um, as you and I talked about, that. she'll shut down this show. Her and Jay-Z will come <laughs> after me and they'll shut down the show. So you better not say you're better. No, than no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I never said that. Let's, let's, let's get that clear. She, de- she definitely inspiration of mine. I'll never say that I'm better than her right now. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> Please be high. Do not come for me. Don't I know. Those me. beehives are saying, oh, what did he say? Really? Let's go find him. And let's right? <laughs> but who are inspirations to you in the music game growing up? Did you listen to a lot of Beyonce or were you not a Beyonce fan? Um, I've always been a Beyonce fan from John, from Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. Um, it was her and Kelly. Those were my two that were my favorites. Mm-hmm. But um, even that before that, like, before you give praise to Beyonce, you got to give praise to where her inspiration comes from. So, like, the Janet, like, you know, mm-hmm. the Janets and the Michaels. And that's that's what growing up, I, I was to. Like, my mom, a huge, like, huge Shannon Jackson fanatic. Um, and, like, just 90s R&B and that whole flavor and that vibe. And that time when you have to be a full entertainer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, like, it wasn't just relied on, like, a couple singles. You could hardly sing. You could hardly move and, and be on stage and uh, counting them to $150 for a ticket for you to stand on stage for an hour doing nothing, you know? Like, that's the time where I'm, I'm channeling, and that's, that's why I, I work so hard to get the show, because I know how important it is, and I know that's what it takes to be long, to have longevity in this type of in, industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do you say to people that don't want to pay homage to the people that paved the way for them, or they think, not relevant anymore, what I'm doing is good? What are your thoughts to that? Um, my thoughts really is simple in the sense of like, I think you can't know where you're going unless you know where you came from, right? You can't call yourself a king of R&B if you didn't know any of the stuff beforehand, right? So what you think is innovation, it could be just recycled if you didn't know any better. Like, you know what I mean? I think every, everything has a place, everything has a time, and I think moving forward, you should pay off. You pay. You should pay homage, and you should know where where things come from. Because at the end of the day, those that's your foundation, whether you like it or not. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, speaking of somebody that said king of R&B, you got to meet somebody who said they were the king of R&B last year. They thought we forgot, but remember, Jacquees, when you said, I am the king of R&B. But an interesting story is you got to meet him, and there's also two female artists that you got to meet and open up for. Do you want to talk about that experience of meeting Jacquees? Yeah, um, honestly, my first interaction, which I thought what I thought my interaction was going to be with him, was completely different. Um, he was such a humble and down to earth person, and the persona that he kind of gives online it doesn't ref isn't, I guess I guess doesn't do him justice. Like he was so encouraging, it was almost like a brother, like a brotherly, like yo, like I see that you're doing and you're making moves and you're working hard, like and. If I could do it, you could do it, because we've all started the same spot. So that was so, for me, like, I was so grateful to have that experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, and then also, like, 2019 was, like, a big year for me, because I got to open up for Tanache, and I got to open up for Azealia Banks. And uh, Tanache was really something, like, I was fangirling over, because, one, like, this woman is beautiful, um, but she also works so hard, and she's so talented, and... I feel like, especially out of all artists that I got to meet so far, that like she's really the closest artist um, to what I want to do and like how I want to kind of present myself in, in terms of like the level of so indie and stuff like that. So it was just really cool to pick her brain and also like I got to introduce her to my my culture in terms of Montreal cuisine of poutine. She didn't like it, but <laughs> but it was still good to kind of introduce, you know? <laughs> and yeah, like, and so that was such a good, like, just good experiment, like, just good experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you taught me something about Tanache, because listeners, I only, and listeners, you know, when you want to get high, I love to get on. <laughs> I love to get too on, and you definitely like to get too on. Back in 2014, I tell listeners, I really wish I was 18 back then. I mean, I was 28 when that song came out, but man, you just want to get two spliffs. You roll it up, you know, with your girls, your homeboy, smoke your weed and play her song. I love to get on. But that was her only biggest single, though. And I mean, you look to her, and I don't want... And I know it's not going to happen to you, but you taught me something that apparently she didn't even want to be an R&B artist. They just branded yeah. her into it. And what do you say to you when they just push you into something that you're not comfortable? Because it looks like she wanted to be like an Ariana Grande where she wanted to be pop, R&B, everything. Yeah. But yeah. what do you do when the record label has a different vision for you? Well, I think the first thing that you have that has to be addressed is that that's the first thing they automatically put black artists. Like there's a very there's a compartment where black artists sit and they don't want people to grow from there, right? Um, for example, like even like Lizzo, Lizzo this year was nominated at the Grammys for like Hip Hop Artist of the Year, and like Lizzo was a pop artist. She's she's not even R and B, <laughs> you know what I mean? That album was a pop album those singles were pop smashes so to even put her in that r&b category or that hip-hop urban category which is was a slap in the face and they've done that with tanache they've done that with so many counts artists even like so you've heard obviously you've heard the new the weekend album that he dropped right yeah yeah 
and that for that for me was completely an R and B pop album. It was living all of us was pop and pop synth, but yet he got he was given the award for R and B R and B album of the year for MTV and like video of the year, which which was like just a cop out because he should have got he should have been the pop categories period. So I think that's a stigma that we as artists again like when we see that we just have to fight automatically like. And yes, you can't be afraid that of the pushback in the sense that like you are going to get pushed back. And even if they do drop you, there will be opportunities because you are that talented. You have to believe that you're that talented. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely something that I went through in the sense of like hiding, like hiding, even dealing with managements before, like hiding who I was in terms of my sexuality, hiding, like telling me to bleach, to bleach, to be lighter skin because that one was in because it would be more appeasing to uh, up to like white listeners. And like, so I've gone through that and I feel like all we have to do is like for me to get, for me to get through that, I have to really just be like, no, this is who I am and clearly define myself and not be afraid to speak up and to believe in my own talent. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do you say to people that want to get into the music business, but that will be a problem, say, if it is a darker skinned woman or a darker skinned man? You know, for example, you know, can you lighten it up a bit? Well, yeah. He's, he's, you know? he's off on the, uh... Yeah, no, I tell them, honestly, that at the end of the day, that they need to, like, every, if you feel like you have the talent, you got to, one, willing to work work 10 times as hard. Like, it's like my grandmother's always told me, like, you know, like, you're a young black man in this world, you gotta work twice as hard to get anything. So in the music, it's 10 times that, that much harder because one is, it's a one in a million opportunity to get through. And two, at the end of the day, like, all you, all you really gotta do is you're the one in the front. So you have to be comfortable with what you're selling and who you're selling. And, if that doesn't make everybody else feel comfortable, then you don't have the right team. You don't have the right people around you, and you can't be afraid to cut when you need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just want to repeat that again? You were cutting out there just a little bit. Can you repeat that one more time to our listeners? Yeah. Guys? yeah. Of course. Um, sorry about my cutting. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. um, yeah, no, at the end of the day, I just feel like if you're an artist, you need to fully, wholeheartedly believe in yourself, believe in your talent, and believe like what you want what your message is out there because at the end of the day you're the only one that could actually push that and you're the forefront so if you have a team or you have people around you who are trying to force you or bully you into doing other things then you gotta trust your gut one and two you gotta you gotta know when to let go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's it Mm -hmm. and i think people you know what people are scared that if I let go, then again, I won't be picked up by another record label right. or I'll be looked at as I'm difficult because sometimes right. I'm difficult because I am a darker skin woman and they lay, label me as aggressive or I'm difficult to work with. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, like what I say to that is those are microaggressions that you're going to always face no matter what industry you're in. Mm-hmm. Right. At the end of the day, like you just have to be fully confident in who you are and what you are and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And also, what I say to, because I was afraid too. Like I was, like right now in the last like three years that I've been really like out there, I've had three different managements. 
you know what I mean? And it took me, like I said, like you, you have to kiss a couple frogs to get to the <laughs> to, to Prince Charming, as they say. You know what I mean? And it, it's just that, like, just because your first opportunity didn't work out, doesn't mean that it will it will never happen for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got to believe in the talent. You got to believe that you are talented enough that you're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. That's it. So okay. So to my question, you're going to burst out laughing, saying, "I can't answer that." But is Jaquiz the king of R&B to <laughs> Because, you know, people still want to know. He said he was, but is he the king of R&B or is there another king? You know very well that I cannot uh, answer uh, that question. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and I will not get myself in trouble on this, on this platform, okay? Stop it. <laughs> but, meet, but meeting him again, probably, like, you were so... Because you were even telling me he liked how you dressed. He liked... You yeah. just liked your whole persona. Honestly, like, for me, I feel that... It might have been just a marketing ploy, which it worked, obviously, because we're, we're talking about this, and this was last year. Um, the person that I that we saw, that I saw marketed and the person that I saw in person were two different people. So, yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Azealia Banks, quickly. And listeners, I still don't know who this woman is. I hear her talk a lot, and she's very opinionated, and she's very vocal. And power to you, sister, but I don't know her. I don't know her music. I don't know you, Azealia Banks. And if anyone really knows a song, a famous song she's had, let me know because I don't know her, but I know she can talk a lot. So how was your experience meeting her? Um, my experience... Okay, how do I put this very, very politically correct? I guess you see why you see what I'm saying, listeners. I heard right. she's not a nice. Per- I heard she's not a nice person either. But hey, hey. Um, I would definitely say her reputation precedes her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll say. Well. I mean, we we hear it on this, right? Listeners, we're not making this up. Like, I didn't make this up, okay? And Azealia, you can feel free to write in. I'm not saying about uh, I am Rebel Will, but you can feel free to write in. But I heard you're not a nice person. The streets are always talking. But, okay, let's just say you got to meet her. Was there anything nice that you, you know, gems that you got from her to say, yeah, you know what, that's a good tip. Any gems for, that you could take away from her? Um, as I said, like her application proceeds. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never, <laughs> never mind. Let's. But just... what I what I do love about um, just her story is that she has a lot of Montreal roots. Mm-hmm. And like her first, her first major hit was actually um, from this um, this Montreal producer called Lunis, and he's very he was very very big. He came from, like, the college, and so that's the college that I went to. So that's why there was always that, I guess, that, like, um, allure to Azealia Banks for me. And then also, she like, in the beginning, she was very, very much, um, a lot of her music was catered towards the queer community. Ooh. And then, but 
Yeah, and then, well, recently she's kind of denounced that, but that's a whole other situation or topic. <laughs> so, okay, but yeah. so if your music is for a certain community, then why not just say you're a supporter of gay rights or just say are queer rights? Or why not maybe her herself? Okay, listeners, I didn't say this, but I said this. Or maybe she herself could be a secretly queer woman. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Maybe. Who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Um, I think, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't even know what to think. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, you're very, okay, you are open. Let's talk for a minute, aside from Azealia Banks. Azealia, okay. we're not throwing shade at you, but I'm going to throw no, you to not. the side now. I'm done talking <laughs> about her. Again, I heard she's not a nice person, but moving on. Um, you are very open about your sexuality in your music yeah. and just in general. How does that feel now in 2020 as opposed to, and I've asked you this before, but remember, we got listeners all over that's going to be listening to this. But how does that feel in 2020 versus 1992? You probably would have been, I am who? <laughs> Oh, he was in the closet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, girl. Mm-mm. Hot, but I'm sorry. Can't do him. I heard he's gay. Mm-mm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think I live in a time which is more accepting. I think a lot of just even the biases and the, the hate is kind of done more in secret because people are more outspoken when, <laughs> when that happens. Um... I do believe, like, there's room for every, there's room for everybody and every type of artist. So I'm really happy and I'm fortunate to be a part of the people who are being ushered in and are able to talk freely and openly about themselves. Um, yeah, besides that, like, I definitely, if you're comparing to, like, the 90s to now, it, it's a different time. <laughs> um, <laughs> You definitely, like, I don't know, like, even when you little Richie, or, like, you know what I mean, who were clearly people who are, like, queer people, queer icons, um, they came out fully, yeah, that's what it is, you know what I mean, so... It's a, it's a great time to be alive in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Little Richard, by the way, I you you were cutting out there again. I'm just going to interject for you. Little Richard, yeah. yes, was, what do you call it? Well, oh, that could be an all-day show. He died recently, right. what do you call it? But they say he was in the closet for many years. Actually, Little Richard was gay because he, what do you call it? But, that, okay, my point is, okay. Let's talk, okay, for a minute. Let's say if there was an R&B artist, because remember, queer is different from gay. Queer, you're different in your sexuality. You're very open versus gay. Well, I like sleeping with a man. Not me, listeners. I'm just saying, for example, okay? So don't go throwing shade at me. Um, what do you got? So what would you, do, like, how should I, what if there was an R&B okay. artist like that that says, you know what? I am gay. But right. I want to, you know, talk about being with a man. How do you respond to that? Sorry, I didn't really, I didn't really understand the question. Could you, could you explain that again? I'm sorry. Well, what do you call it? I'm sorry. I, maybe I went deep into thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you call it? How do you, what do you call it? If an R&B artist today says, you know what? I'm gay. I want to be with a man and talk about it in the song. 
how would the listeners react? And I'm talking about a black man saying they're gay in R&B. I don't know. Like, actually, I do know. I feel like we have yet to evolve from that perspective. I think there's still a level of hidden that needs to happen. Um, I don't consider myself an R&B artist. I'm a pop artist. So I guess pop is more open in that sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, if I, like, actually, I know I wouldn't change myself, but if if I was given the opportunity to, to just even for trying out for a day, like, I would love to be in the spot of, like, Sam Smith, where he could sing black music freely and not get the repercussions of being being a black queer, queer person. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I feel like us as the black community, we need to understand that we're better off together than we are divided. And that even if they are like, like queer or they're, they don't have the same religion or whatever, whatnot, like that doesn't, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't support each other. And I think that's one of the reasons why us as a black community has not been able to thrive as much as like the Jewish community or like the, the Asian population like China or stuff like that. Just because we have this crab in the barrel mentality so yeah like i i don't know i feel like right now like hopefully 2020 and beyond like we could start getting to a place where we could be accepted and we could be more accepted and that we could just do what we love as opposed to be worried about those labels and what the public or what the scrutiny will get Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you will, okay. For example, even though you consider yourself pop, but you do have some R&B music because there's a fire inside of me <laughs> and it's hot, 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 blooded, blooded. Did I sing it right? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> that is so nice. <laughs> well, that is a fire and you never know. And if you want to put it on a woman or you want to put it on a man, you know, just... <laughs> There's a hot, 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 <laughs> bloody, bloody. So I hope we can reach to that place where people can be free to say, you know what? Yes, I am a gay, black R&B artist singing. But do you think it would hurt their career? Don't like, for example, okay, and I know listeners will say, oh, God, do we have to go there? Yes, we do have to go there. Frank Ocean, <laughs> what do you call it? For example... When he came out that he was gay or he had a fling with another man, I don't know. I still question what do you call it? Because in 2011, Frank Ocean, or I think it was 12 or 13, one of those, that he had an right. experience with another man. But he didn't right. quite say that I am gay. He said I yeah. had an experience with another man. Right. You know what I'm saying? So why of is course. it the fear like for you for example you're comfortable to say you know what i am a queer man i make music i'm a queer man but why are we still having the resistance to just call a spade a spade and just say you know what i'm gay and i like to sing r&b or i'm gay and i'm a hip-hop artist that's another show by the way too right that's a complete <laughs> other show <laughs> um i don't know i think it goes back to just like like black roots in general, like you know, like being um, being so heavily involved with the with church and the Bible, and I think people kind of still have that stigma where it's like it's a sin and it's a sin, like to be homosexual or 
queer in that sense you know what i mean however like for me like when people speak to me on that i literally say i'm like okay well they say not to not to have sex before marriage so that you know because a sin's a sin which is a sin <laughs> you know what i mean like there's no there's no there's no levels of degrees of like oh okay but i only i, I only sinned a little bit like you said you sin 75 percent i like you know what i mean like it doesn't work like that so i think I think, again, it's just an adjustment in, like, society. But I do feel more and more that um, it's, there is a change. Like, I have my grandmother who is highly, like, highly, highly, highly religious. Like, in church, like, well, not because of COVID right now, but, like, was in church at least, like, three four times a week. You know, she was an usher. She was in the, she used to do the choir. Um, she volunteered. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my grandma was very fluent. But once she saw... And she understood, like, you know, she's like, well, my grandson is a, is a, is a queer man and I'm going to love him unconditionally. She started to see that at the end of the day, that was just like your sexuality. It doesn't define necessarily who you are. It's just a part of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think when people start to understand that too, like I say I'm queer and I'm proud of it, but that's not all who I am. Like I'm, I'm queer, but I, I like I'm queer man, but I love I love music. I love art. I love fashion. I love sports. I'll watch. I'll watch the game with you just as much as like you know anybody else. Like you know me. And on the same time, I'll be like, oh yeah, but you like you know that's not in fashion right now. Like there's so many facets of me that are not just my sexuality. And I think people need to more and more understand that and take the time to actually understand the person instead of just giving them the label like oh you're gay, you're queer, you're a lesbian, you're this, you know what I mean? Like, it's so much more than that, it's deeper. Yeah, yeah, and just let's focus on the music. Who cares? At the end of the day, who cares who's queer, who cares who's gay, who cares who's lesbian, who cares who's bisexual, who cares... Like, are are they talented? You know what I mean? Like, do you, like, if if they were singing, like, could they sing the phone book to you? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Could they entertain the hell out of you? Like, that's, that's what... That's what you should, like, you know what I mean? Like, be thinking, like, be pushing in that sense. But, you know, again, it's 2020, and we're getting there. We're not there yet, but I, I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine, okay, and, before, and then after I'll move on to your singles, Hot-Blooded, High, okay. and um, <laughs> Till the Sun Comes Down, that one. Okay, can you imagine if Chris Brown... I'm not saying anything. I'm just using <laughs> an example. Can you imagine right. if Chris Brown said, you know what, listener, listeners and people that love me, I've been lying to you all. I am gay. How do you think, think the R&B world would react? Because remember, Chris Brown is a big artist too, you know. Yeah. And yep. how do you think those words would react? Do you think his sales would hurt? Do you think radio stations would stop playing him in rotation? I don't think so. They'll probably play the old stuff. But after that, the new stuff, they wouldn't care. What would your thoughts be if Chris Brown said, I'm gay? I honestly feel like that would probably be, um, as, as much as he might have lost, he might have lost necessarily the black population. Like, in that sense, like, you know, the, the female, like, the R&B female, like, heads that will support him. However, he'll probably make more money in the end of the day. <laughs> because the gay the gay community has more spending power. 
And I think he gets support. He get more support there. If I'm being honest. Bro, mm, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. like so. I actually, I think, and uh, and I think he'd actually move. He'd actually, it'd be a jump for him to go more mainstream because he is mainstream, but he's still not played on the pop the pop networks like that. I think he'd all of a sudden get a boost to the pop networks, which would give him more money, more visibility. Mm. If I'm being honest, yeah, in 2020. Yeah, and Chris Brown, by the way, I, listen, listen, listener. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not, not saying that he is at all. Definitely not. Yeah, okay. okay you know, I don't. So, want there's no alleged. There's no nothing. This is just hypothetical, right? Hypothetical. Sure. I just used an example. Suppose if Chris Brown right. one day went on Twitter and said, "I'm gay." I, you know what right. I mean? The Twitter, but, you like, know what? But yeah. we've, we've seen that, just not in R&B. Like, we've seen that with, like, Ricky Martin. Like, Ricky Martin, he's, like, literally, right now, he's at the equivalent of, like, Michael Jackson in the in the Latino world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Latino music, like, pop music sphere. Mm-hmm. And he came out recently, but he's still, he's still touring. He still has, like... Like, eventually, maybe the first year or two, they, did, they were, like, really almost, like, boycotting it. But now... He's bigger than ever. Mm-hmm. Like he's 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 an icon. Like so, you can't you can't change that. You know what I mean? Like he's talented enough where the town spoke for itself. Shake so it, bomb, shake it, bomb, bomb, shake it, bomb, bomb. <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> rock. <laughs> oh, Ricky Martin, I'm not. What do you call it? I'm not making fun of that, Ricky Martin. I'm just shake it, bomb, bomb, shake it, bomb, bomb. But okay, okay, okay. And listeners, again, it's hypothetically. Don't uh-huh. you know? Do not you know? Message me and say, is he? Is he? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Where I was just using hypothetically because this could happen. I mean, it happened right. with Frank Ocean, and I, I yeah. mean. I think he's blackballed because of that. I really do. And to yeah. the thing with Frank Ocean too is, you know, they were pushing him with like Tanache in a certain direction. He didn't want to, but you know what he did? Right. He stayed with the record label and gave them some real crappy music to the point now where they blackballed him and said he's difficult to work with. And I don't think right. so. I just think some people getting bad, like, Bad advice relationships and just get into you know what I'm saying. I am rebel. Will they just get of into course. some bad relationships, bad business yeah. deals? And a lot of people are thinking of short term. They're they're not thinking of long term. And Absolutely. for example, and like I said, I know you've met Tanache. Maybe Tanache was only thinking short term. Well, you know, I want to blow. I want to blow. And then when Tuan blew, and then after that, there was nothing to really follow up. And then she tried to make a single with Chris Brown, and that didn't work out. And then right. her and Chris Brown got into it and all that stuff. It was just a mess. Uh-huh. So a lot of these artists don't think long term why is that um i think it's just because as an artist you're always looking for validation getting a contract is such is validation it's it's like oh my god all that work all that time all those naysayers like you finally got that goal you know what i mean so i think people are so afraid so afraid so afraid because like I don't know if, if I don't know if you're necessarily familiar with Tanache's catalog, but like at one point Tanache was putting out mixtapes like every three months, and her mixtapes were twenty million times better than what her out her studio albums ended up being because she was really in the driver's seat. Like Tanache's talented to one where she was producing her own songs, she was vocally arranging her own songs, 
like ev- like everything vis- all the visuals were her because she was independent so those stuff is where it was golden that's how she gained fans to begin with and then then she put out two on they had a completely different fan base you know what i mean but people miss the like alternative like pop pop r&b alternative r&b like vibe where they were trying to make her like mainstream r&b when she wants to be a pop artist like you know and then when they tried to give her to be to make her into a, when they tried to now have her um do singles like Britney Spears and stuff like that, like, it was too late. Like, they already, people already saw it, thought that she was the one way. Yeah. So it was really hard. Yeah. Right? So, like, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, people are just afraid of, they're afraid, the, the FOMO, afraid of missing out. Like, they're afraid of, okay, well, if I just stick here a little bit longer, I know it's not what I want, but um, I know that this is going to happen later on. Like, sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes you've got to go with your gut off the bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's why artists get so stuck in those places and for me as I said like now moving on with my own single like I'm where my own stuff is going now like I want to be independent to the point where I get so big as an independent that when a label comes to me you have that much leverage to really dictate where you want to go next mm-hmm. right because you have proven like status you have proven track record that Doing it your way works. The problem is, is that when you go to it as an artist, as an like a, as a brand new artist or somebody who hasn't doesn't have that much track record yet, and you're depending on their money and you're depending on their their machine to make you make you X Y Z famous, whatever you know what I mean. Like that's when you get stuck because you're just a product. Whereas if you came with your own solid foundation, you can negotiate where you want to go and how you want to see yourself and how you want to present yourself. And so that's where I feel I am right now. Like I want to build that foundation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you want to be the one in control. Of course. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. New York, okay. Cause I've, I, yeah. Cause I've seen the other side. I've seen when, when I wasn't fully in control and I was taking like, you know, other investors money and like everybody else, when you're taking people's money, they all of us, they have a say. They're a partner. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, you're not the head of the ship anymore. You are one in five, one in ten. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that is so important to me. And especially for something as, like, with your messaging and with your branding and how you want to be seen, when you're so many chefs in the kitchen, like what my grandma said, when there's too many chefs, the, the broth spoils. You know what I mean? Like, so... That's facts. <laughs> <laughs> now for your singles, Hot, Hot, Blooded, Blooded. I love that song. Do you want to talk about what it's about, Hot, Blooded? We got So High, and we got <laughs> Till the Sun Comes Down. Loving you yeah. till the sun. Uh, well, Till the Sun Comes Down is actually my, my last single I put out before uh, making the, the change. Um, for me, that single, uh, Till Sun Come Down, like, it was just validation when I saw the people really screaming and really gravitating towards it, whereas, like, that's, that's where I want to go. Like, I fought the most for that song to, to go in that direction, and, like, finally, I'm like, okay, when the people spoke, I'm like, yes, this is, like, I'm like, thank you for giving me that validation. Um, so, uh, like, Hot Blooded is just pretty much... PG version is very much about being free-spirited and being young and free. Um, the PG version, it's about just, like, 
being having sexual freedom to love whoever you want to love um whenever however whatever (laughs) that's that's really what it comes down to and um i was just really i was fortunate to work with two very very talented people from toronto um jordan vest and anwan mcdonald where they were they were able to really see my vision and really just give me the freedom to do whatever they're like yeah go for it what do you want to talk about so that was really interesting and that was really the first time i was that much in control of a, of a project before you know so it was it was definitely i think that's why you're starting to see more of the joy in the performances and the joy in when i'm singing these songs because i absolutely just fall, like fall, i'm in love with them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then so high is actually um that performance is actually more of a preview of it. That's really where the the album is going. Like the Fable Futurism album is going, which is going to be out in the spring 2021. Um, it's again, it's really the the whole message is politically charged. Um, it's talking about my experiences as a black young young queer man growing up, and also from the perspective of like if we were in the future, how how would I be perceived? How would we, like, you know, like, what would a world look like if, if we were, like, if me as a black queer man was in charge? So that's very, like, that's very, very much like the aesthetic I want to go. And, like, my inspiration is really too from, uh, from, like, producers like Kate Granada, who's, like, really plays along with, like, electronic sound to um, Afrofuturism, just, like, the, like, Afropunk and Afrofuturism, that whole, like, vibe where, like, black people are very much, like, for me, like when I see them, I see them all, like I see us almost like aliens. Like you know what I mean? We're, we can do so many different things, and we're so talented and so right. And it's coming from like just like a natural place. Like we need like that natural rhythm, to, that natural ability to have rhythm, that natural ability to just be like fashion forward. And um, so like I'm really just having fun with that, and just taking those elements that I love and just piecing it together and creating what how i like how i see and like it's really creating like the blueprint of what i want to be and who i want to be moving forward Mm, mm -hmm. that's very interesting do you know when my um ep or my album will be out um definitely spring 2021 i don't have an exact date yet but um closer i'm I'm aiming closer towards may for sure spring 2021 but why am i waiting so long though why can't it be like march or february you seem like you're ready i mean you were ready with all those dance moves didn't we say what do you call it early you've got to be constantly practicing and ready so why isn't my ep or album gonna be out february or even March? that's it but you know what that's exactly why it's it's coming out in 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 like may because um right now as of january when every the project's not fully done yet um but we want to start practicing and being ready to go from the day it drops so um that's the perfectionist in me like i don't want to be like okay like struggling to be like okay we need to do a performance like no that's not that i don't play like that (laughs) i want to be like oh yeah this is a single okay cool you're going on blah blah i'm like yeah we're ready like we've been ready for months now mm-hmm. and that's it that's the perfectionist in me um it, it might be to my detriment but for now it's working so <laughs> okay. but just as long as we're not going to be like SZA or Bryson Tiller that make people no. wait forever and then we don't I have a promise. single until three years from now you know what I'm talking about I uh, know but their new song like 
both of them just drop and they're both fire. So was it worth the wait? I think so. <laughs> well, this is a hit different. You know, people are having trouble adjusting to it because she's been away for a while and then she was mm -hmm. hinting new music and then, you know, she was just laying low and then hit different came out. And then with Bryce mm -hmm. and Tiller, I think I explained in another interview that I did earlier that I didn't like the single with Drake, but the rest of the singles, I guess, were okay. I still have to absorb it. So sometimes it may not be worth the wait, but in your case, I'm thinking when you have some good songs, and I mean, listeners, if you haven't seen the performance, this man, again, earlier can perform, he can dance, he can... Oh my goodness, it's like, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I really honestly appreciate that. <laughs> I right, really do. All right, all right. So, all right. We're going to talk about L an LGBTQ topic in the news. You heard Trump had coronavirus, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. That's also bad. I'm laughing. That's I know. <laughs> no, we should not. Listeners, we're not making fun. Like, this I'm is, not making fun of him. This I is serious. What do you call it? I mean, when I heard it. I mean, and you all say, why are you talking about Trump? Because it's an LGBTQ news, and we're doing right. a little segment in this interview of LGBTQ topics. It said 17% of Americans who are LGBTQ would vote Trump. The 76% of Americans who identify as LGBTQ would vote Biden. What are your thoughts on that? Um... I think that people need to really wake up and look at people's track records. Um, even even Trump right now with like promising all this money to black entrepreneurs, he's been in office for four years now. Why is it only, almost four years now? Why hasn't he done anything for that to begin with? Like only now because he's afraid that he's going to lose because he's about to lose technically based on the polls that he's trying all these different methods like. Um, on track, his track records on terms of like setting back LGBTQ plus rights are horrendous, and this is all under his administration. So, for even an LGBT person, LGBTQ person to even think about voting with Trump is is ridiculous, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And well, seventeen percent, so that's very low. But what do you say to those LGBTQ people that say I am for? For Trump, I am Rebel Will, and what's like, the problem with that? What do you say to that? My problem is, is that you have every right. You have every right to, you know, your opinion, even if it is arrogant, ignorant, and foolish. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> is Trump homophobic? Definitely. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, listeners, there might be some listeners that say no, he wasn't. Okay, what do you think about Candace Owen, though? Candace Owen, because she... I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Uh, you can't. <laughs> I can't wear her. I can't. None of them. None oh, of them. Yeah. Like... Because she said Trump is, what do you call it, Joe Biden is homophobic, she said. What are your thoughts on that? Again... Track record proves everything. Yes, Biden may not have been the number one, my number one choice for sure. Even if I was American, like, you know, he wasn't my first choice if I was to be able to vote in the primaries. He was not. But his track record, were, it's not about 
who's like it right now it's about tit for tat like it's trump versus biden not about not about biden and all his history it's about what he could do for us right now and there's there's a clear winner like the fact that this man can't even art like that trump can't even articulate to have an hour and a half debate without sounding like a kindergartner is just like reason enough to show like okay right away like he should have been impeached right then and there you know what I mean? Like, take this clown off the off the stage because he's embarrassing everybody. And then on top of that, to not even to not to not even condone like like condemn sorry to not even condemn white supremacy when he had ample opportunity to do that when he plainly asked, he said yeah yeah, but instead he told them to stand up and stand by. Like you're canceled for me, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it. That's done. Like and any any black person or any LGBTQ person who is still supportive of that, like you have some deep internal, like self-hatred happening over there. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask you a yeah. question, right? Um, Go for it. Can I ask you? All right. Okay. I'm going to ask listeners, listeners, who do you think I'd vote for if I was American? Who do you think I would vote for if I was American? I'm going to ask you, who do you think I'd vote for? <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I would hope <laughs> that you vote for for Biden, but I don't know. Okay. As been, I'm just gonna say, I would hope you vote for okay. for Biden. Okay. So here's my answer to all the listeners out there to probably think, what are you, what is your political views? And I've said this before. You know who I'd absolutely vote for? None of them, to be honest. You not even one of them. If I had a choice. Not one of them. I'm sorry, listeners, and I know what people say. Well, you have to pick a side. I'm No, I'm not for Joe Biden. No, I'm not for Trump. I'm not for none of them. So I guess I would be a danger to, what do you call it? Because <laughs> if I'm not, I don't like both of their policies. And I find they yeah. both lie, too. So I'm sorry. I can't support yeah. two liars. And I know they're politicians. I, they I, lie. Yeah. I completely like. I completely agree with you. Like as I said, like Biden was never my first choice. If I could vote in the in the U.S. election, mm-hmm. like he wasn't my first choice. But at the end of the day, you have to. It's kind of like you're picking between bad and worse. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? And I so, you're like, picking between you, two worses. Like which right, worse would that, you choose? Would you choose the one right. that's already? But you know what? Can I be honest with you and listeners that are American if they want to write in? I think they might stick with their shit and Trump might win. I to me what I, I got out of, what and I got out of that all, like if you absorb that debate, I just got that America might just stick with their shit and stick with Trump. Yeah, I and that's what I unfortunately mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like that's when I feel through. Yeah. And that's just so scary. Yeah. And it's not like this like he clearly doesn't care. Like he, like, he doesn't care for you guys as the American people on so many fronts. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, well, it is what it is. And then all the people who are thinking in terms of, like, your mentality, too, is like, you know, like, a vote, someone who doesn't vote is pretty much a vote for Trump. Like, automatically. Like, because, yeah, like, look, there's some county that he won by, like, five votes. That's crazy. Five. Like, literally, like, people, like, my whole the people the house I live in right now everybody could have changed that everyone in that house that they all voted one way could have changed that whole election like you know what I mean like there you can see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But what if you're not for none of them? So, okay, if I'm not for none of them, am I still voting for Trump because I don't like Trump? Yeah. Well, because I'm, I'm, yeah, I feel that you are because a non-vote is still a vote. In the sense that, like, you're still taking away from what could have been, like, you know what I mean? But obviously a better situation for your country. So what if I do undecided? Again, I, I think the same thing. I decided could mean, basically it could mean, you know what? I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I could either lean or left or right, meaning leftist people and people who are leftists, they don't really pick a side because they try to be objective to see it both sides of the spectrums. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Listeners, I'm not calling myself a leftist or if I am. I, I still, at the end of the day, do not like both of those people. I wouldn't vote any of them. Okay, if I had to choose listeners, let's choose... Oh, gosh. Can we please... What about the, what about the, the tea party? What? No. Because they're not going to have enough votes to win. Like, <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, if, if there was a huge change, like a huge, like an independent... Like, right now, I would probably vote for an independent before I vote for those two clowns. If yeah. I'm being honest. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> however, however, how it stands right now, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, not voting, or there's not, there's never going to be enough to vote to an independent in office. So, I have to choose between one or the other. And I'm definitely not voting on Trump, so the only answer I have is, is Democrat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, unfortunately, it sucks. But it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, you and I can go all day on this. Of and course. That's <laughs> what you call it. That's a little bit of, it's good to get I Am Rebel Will's um, perspective on that. <laughs> Listeners, I am trying to look for somebody who knows their political science more to bring them on the show to break down the debate because I still have a lot of questions, listeners, about Biden. I have a lot of questions about Trump, too. Like Trump knowing, for example, that this virus could do danger and sitting on this information. Right. Joe Biden was right to call him out on that. That is danger. How could you know and sit on the information? Right. Joe Biden, there's stuff like, I want to know, are you really, what do you call it, Antifa? Why couldn't you answer Trump's question on Antifa? Right. Why couldn't you answer Or, or Trump, like, why did you spend $300 billion, $300 billion on the army when your when you're whole the citizens of the United States couldn't even have, like, some of them weren't even getting by on food? Wow. Like, why didn't you look? Why didn't you look up, like, Canada and start getting proper stimulus packages? I have friends in the States who got $700 after four months of not having any income. And they were supposed to pay rent, have food, like, and survive off of $700 after not being having any money from March. Like, that's ridiculous. Wow. But you're still the best country in the world, and you guys are the best. You guys handled it the best you could. That's absolutely horseshit. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. It's just, I don't know. And, and you know, listeners will say, well, then you're for Trump. No, I'm again, listener. But then again, he told me, I am Rebel Will told me, well, then you're not <laughs> voting. Well, thank God. Okay. Listeners, let's be honest with each other. We're in Toronto. So we don't yeah. have to oh, worry God. about that. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. That ship is sa that ship is sailed. We don't have to worry about that. Thank God. 
because and, and you know what? Like mm-hmm. I after this whole coronavirus, I learned to appreciate because I've always wanted to be in the states. I'm like, I need to go to the states. I need to go to the states. And to be honest, that's where most of my listeners are in the states in the UK. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, oh my god, Canada, Canada doesn't support Canada doesn't support. But after this coronavirus, <laughs> I've never been so proud to be Canadian in my whole life. <laughs> oh yes, it's good to be a Canadian. It's good to be a, a proud Canadian. It's good to be it. And by the way, listeners, I mean, these is this is what we talk about too. So if anybody is offended that I didn't pick Trump or Biden, I can't apologize <laughs> for that because I don't support none of them. I'm sorry, I don't support none of them. So if I'm for Trump, well, I mean, I, I'll tell you straight to your face, I'm not tr- for Trump either. But I mean... I, it's so good to get to know you. Do you want to throw out all your platforms, your singles again, in case people want to get to know that, you know, that vulnerable side of you? They want to watch that viral show you did in Mississauga. <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, you can follow me on any platform just by searching I Am Rebel Will, all written out. Um, my new single just came out today, actually. So, oh, sorry, uh, October 2nd. Um, so... If you haven't streamed it already, go ahead. It's all available on all uh, streaming platforms. As I said, my my album is coming out in the spring 2021. So look out for Rebel Futurism. And there's going to be a couple singles, little little gems beforehand. So excited for the visuals. Ex- get excited for everything that's coming out because I'm so excited. And I just want you all to get to know me a little bit better. If you follow me, I'm one of those I follow back. And yeah, let's just, let's just grow together. Yes. <laughs> He follows me, I follow him, we talk, we're friends, and we will have him back. We should have him back maybe to do like an all hour of LGBTQ topics. I think I'm going to talk to him about that and we'll agree or disagree. Uh Uh-oh, I think I lost listeners because they're probably thinking, isn't this a hip-hop show? Yes, it is. (laughs) But we do hip-hop, R&B. We do gospel R&B and gospel hip-hop listeners. So I know a lot of people love the hip-hop interviews. I promise I'll do that. But we got to be open-minded too, right? I am Rebel Will. Of course. Okay, okay, of okay. Course. Any final things you'd like to say to us in closing? Um, no, just for thank you for having me for on this platform again for the third time. <laughs> I really appreciate your support always. And I love to see what you've been doing. I see you growing. And honestly, it makes me happy to see that, that like, you know, someone that I know is thriving. So congratulations to that. And thank you again for having me. Oh, thank you so much, and you're a big supporter, and thank you. We'll definitely have you back on the show. If you want to reach out to me, it's Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I at gmail.com. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me you don't like I Am Rebel cutting out a few times, but I chipped in. I chipped in a little bit, so I hope you stayed with me till the end. And, you know, let's talk. You know, if you didn't like the interview, tell me what I could have asked him better. Or, you know, or if you didn't like the style, how it was. But I think we had such an amazing conversation. I think this interview was amazing. We talked some deep stuff, and we might have, you know, maybe Chris Brown might listen to this interview. Chris Brown, again, we didn't say that, okay? I just want to set the record straight. But again, it's so good to get to know you. Thank you so much. All the best to you for the rest of 2020 and your team. 
Thank you so much. All right, all right. And that's going to do it, listeners, for episode 81, I believe 80, no, 82, sorry. I'm confused, listeners, but I think we're uh, roughly between 81 to 83, but it's published October 2nd, 2020, and make sure you listen to Hut. Hut, hut, blooded, blooded. <laughs> All right, I am Rebel. Thank you so much. I am Rebel Will. Thank you. No problem. Have a good night.